0: want to welcome you to our Take 10 podcast. This is a time when we take a look at an issue, a hot issue in our community, nationwide, international, and bat it around with our very special participants. I'm Ron Aaron. Dr. Jamie Heisman is with us, a nationally known psychotherapist and expert on addictions as well as caregiving, and Carol Zernial, Executive Director of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. She's with us as well and is co-host for take 10. Let me kick it off, Dr. Jamie and Carol. Uh, I I read an article in the New York Times about uh, people who felt somewhat guilty being so upset about losing small stuff when there are people who have lost their loved ones, people who have lost uh, dearly departed husbands and spouses, uh, brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles. And so uh, what the Times said is, the disenfranchised losses are the little stuff, but they are important. Dr. Jamie, are they?
1: You know, Ron, loss is loss and um, losses sometimes comes in different sort of ways. Well, there's necessary losses literally as we develop in life and put things behind us and move on. Um, That's obviously something that we experience. There's just tragic losses where we literally don't, you know, can 't reconcile anything it's it takes no sense to us at all it's nonsense it's a loss of a loved one somebody who meant so much deep to us and then there's the loss that that goes around almost on a daily basis we call also in companies called change management but for people themselves they're human beings not human doings for these people this issue that you're describing is is huge it's huge because we kind of continue to gloss over that I cried because I had no, I had no shoes until I met somebody with no feet. And in that process, we forget that we're human beings and we need to grieve as well.
2: Well, when you know, say, I, I, go ahead. Go I'm ahead sorry, Ron. No, no, I was go just going to say that, you know, that's, I, it, it, I'm glad you brought up this topic because I think that's something that all of us have, have experienced when we put, poke our head up and we, and we do see this significant loss. Of life uh, and impact on families. It's very difficult, but there are times it hits you like a brick wall that, you know, I can't, it's not safe for me to go to the grocery store. I can't just go, you know, pick up, a, you know, out anymore. I think that for me, what brought it home was the recent uh, in Texas with the governor opening up the state where things were starting to feel better. And the minute he eliminated the mask mandate and uh, and opened everything up a hundred percent, I felt like I lost all my freedom. And then you think, Oh, that's ridiculous. Other people, you know, are doing worse than that. I can do, I can deal with this.
1: But uh, but, but Carol, to you, that meant something. And, and and obviously, you know, everything is relative. And so nobody can get inside your head. Nobody can put their head on your shoulders. So, <clears throat> that loss of freedom was real to you for, for sure and should never be diminished. And you should have safe, supportive people who really meet you halfway, who, who you can talk it out with in spite of what's going on. I myself, you know, have deep compassion and feel this loss of other lives and people all the time here. And the more I see those numbers go up, uh, the course, the more I feel for them. But it's so critical, though, to understand your feeling of loss of freedom, or my feeling of the loss of a lot of things, naivete even. And so, what we kind of confuse life with is this toxic positivity, where people tell us to kind of get over it, or you know, pull yourself up by the bootstraps, or people are a lot worse than you. And so, I just think it glosses over the human condition, the authentic pain.
0: Some of the examples they gave in the New York Times article. Uh, were uh, high school students who lost that senior year of sports or a student who's not going to be able uh, to gather as many medals as she had gathered, who uh, then would say, but look, others have lost lives. Why should I feel this loss? And then they suffer from, I gather, a tremendous amount of guilt. I feel bad for this, but it's not as bad as others have it. How do you balance that, Jamie? You
1: know, guilt is interesting. I mean, uh, we can have a whole conversation and should about that. And caregivers, right, self-esteem is correlated with guilt. The higher the self-esteem, the, the lower the guilt. I always tell my daughter, my nine-year-old munchkin, don't let people make you feel guilty, sweetheart. It's like taking your brain hostage. Um, because <laughs> literally, you you. We cannot allow that. I mean, we're grieving. And, and I think that if we as, an, as a society, as an individual, as a family, are not able to cry and grieve and feel the loss, and we're not able to bring the new sort of learned lessons in or the new path in. So we keep putting it under the carpet, right? That last year of college, that inability to go to prom, the fact that we missed our SATs because of COVID and we did worse in college. We have to speak about it. We have to understand it. And then we have to then suture it properly.
0: Now, for those who've just joined us, you're listening to Take 10. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Carol Zerniel, our co-host, and Dr. Jamie Heisman. We're talking about loss of little stuff, well, disenfranchised loss. Carol?
2: You know, I was driving recently, as I do, across Texas, um, and there's an old James Brown song where he said, in the lyrics, it says, I don't do much dreaming anymore, He's, um, you know, I've kind of stopped dreaming. Please don't confront me with my failings. I haven't forgotten them. And for wow, me, wow. The, you know, that's, that's kind of what this, this is. It's like, it's another thing, you know, that I get hit in the face with the, the guilt that you were talking about, Jamie, when you, when you think other people are worse off and that you, you know, feel selfish in some way, then you feel guilty in some way. It's like somebody hitting you with your failings again. You,
1: you know, Carol, it's so, it's so important you say that um, because it, this concept, and, I, and I, the first time I was turned on to it was by Ron when he was sent to, and I'm, and I'm a grief kind of you know therapist. I, I work with it all the time. But it did dawn on me that this disenfranchised grief really means that the persons or people we're with cannot or will not, or either through toxic positivity are, are able to pass over and not bear witness, bear witness to our pain. Meaning they don't start where we're at. They don't have to fix our pain, but these little losses, these little things, this naivete, the loss you're talking about, in the dreams, there has to be a positive group, somebody in our lives to listen and bear witness to that particular pain rather than gloss over it and say it's not as bad as somebody down there. So I guess that just speaks to the fact that disenfranchise means we have to be find people that engage us that that don't disenfranchise us, no matter how little or how great the grief is.
0: But don't we disenfranchise ourselves mm-hmm. when we try to uh, diminish uh, that grief as being less important than someone else's grief?
1: And that's the toxic positivity that, that the world has told us about. <clears throat> that's the toxic positivity that we tell ourselves that literally we can get over this and we should get over this and put it underneath the carpeting. You know, that's what we did as a, as a society. Put that trauma, that the, you know, the reservations of the Native Americans, put the this right under the carpet. Let's not talk about it. So we become that which we think is out there. And I think we do a disservice to ourselves by disenfranchising ourselves. I think we have to bear witness to our own pain. We have to parent ourselves in that way and we have to be there for ourselves.
2: Well, you know, it's interesting that it's, it's kind of both. Sometimes the only thing that can get you through a day is putting one foot in front of the other, forcing yourself to have forward momentum. Um, and other times, You know, you're really not acknowledging your own situation and denying what you're
1: feeling. Yeah, you're right. If you have denial or if you have a a feeling that you're glossing over it, maybe you're doing that therapeutically because the body does work like that. Um, But eventually you're going to have to pay the piper and reckon with it. So never let this grief really go unnoticed, not listened to, not talked about, because one day it will come back in some way.
0: Well, is it a time to seek out a therapist?
1: It's the exact time to seek out a therapist, Ron. It's perfect because at least you know that person is clinically trained to bear witness, to be there, to start where you're at, and to at least be next to you and not disenfranchise you. That is the critical part, that they'll listen and not disenfranchise you.
0: He's Dr. Jamie Heisman. She's Carol Zernial. I'm Ron Aaron. We thank you so much for joining us on Take 10.